Warning, what you're about to hear may contain mature language, adult situations, and depictions of graphic violence. Listener discretion is advised. Finn Wolfhard's going to be all tall and buff. I don't think it's going to be as good as they get older. Honestly, I think the magic's going to be gone. I think if they take a different route, you know, it could work. Uh, but it'll be tricky. Wow, it might even be the start of 2019 when that comes out. Yeah, I think it's going to be. I don't think it's going to come out this year. Good lord. Because it took like a year and a half. It was, like, it was about a year and a half between the first one and... According to David Harbour. Yeah. Who is uh, Chief Hopper and Hellboy. And Hellboy. Holy shit. That Hellboy does not look very different. It looks like a little bit different. In oh, the yeah. He doesn't look that different. But I mean, I... But that's also because the hell he that Hellboy looked exactly like the Hellboy in the comic. You know, like how else are you gonna? I don't know. I just kind of expected it to like be a little bit different. I'm but... kind of glad that they're not like just like gratuitously making it. I mean, the movie's probably gonna be different, but like gratuitously making the design of Hellboy different. Like Hellboy doesn't need. No, I mean, I thought it would have been like just more like stylishly like. Maybe like a leaner Hellboy with like a baggier jacket yeah, and like I'm... more of kind of a gaunt, but it's still just like the super jacked. Yeah, like... but I mean, that's what he looks like in the comic book. Mm. Pretty much. I mean, the comic book is kind of a minimalistic drawing, but. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's rad that Neil Marshall's directing it. Yeah. I think he can do a lot with that. I think so too. He's not my favorite director, but he has. He makes fucking good movies. He has genre sensibilities. I have a soft spot for. Um... I know what it's, you're going to say, Doomsday. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's, it's like... It's fun. It's a, yeah, and it's obviously, like, I didn't get to make uh, Escape from New York remake or the sequel to Escape from L.A., so I'm just going to make my own. Yeah. And, like, oh, uh, I'll never get to make a Mad Max movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's my Mad Max movie. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. That's fine. Yeah, I'm What's, totally okay with that. nothing wrong with that. It's not, like, there aren't a whole lot of surprises, but it's just, like, here's that stuff you like. Just kind yeah. of in a different package. I think uh, I think his... Fuck, we should just be recording this. We are. Oh, we are? Yeah, this is how oh. I tricked you into getting, oh. like, super comfortable. Oh, uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh. right when I, we started talking about Stranger Things, the new season, that's when it started recording. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. um, it's working. It is working, yeah. Uh, uh, I think his what his biggest weaknesses are... Uh, in his films is usually the screenplay, you know? So, oh, sure. If, you know, it's like he's, he has, he has, he has genre sensibilities. His movies are fun and exciting enough. If visually the dynamite visually great. If, if the, the script for the new Hellboy movie is good, the movie will be, will be solid. Yeah. hundred percent. When Mike Mignola, the creator is involved pretty heavily. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see. Yeah. I, I, I do think, yeah, I think that in terms of like the costume and look, I, I'm, t- I w- I'm actually preferential for them not trying to just reinvent the wheel of what he looks like because that just to do it because i feel like that happens a lot in like comic book adaptation type stuff is sometimes the character design is changed just because oh we got to have our own thing not yeah. necessarily because it makes sense yeah like you know? in terms of superman and spider-man right it's Some- the, the clearest examples and batman sometimes sometimes it does make total sense because the first one we saw looked like shit well tim burton it's probably the best example of doing a good job of taking the comic book style and being like, yo, maybe it shouldn't look like that because it's going to be well, stupid. That's a great, that's a really good point because one, I think we kind of take this for granted now, but when uh, the first Batman movie came out and like in retrospect, it maybe looks a little dated and, st- and stuff, but there had never been a movie like that. No, no, not at all. I mean, let alone, a superhero movie, but they're, yeah. they're like, if you recall what a big deal that was and how like, just like, uh, kind of revolutionary yeah, groundbreaking re- is a term that comes to mind. Re- I mean, it really, really, <laughs> really was. And like, you know, now in retrospect, after all this stuff that's come out after with it, it, like you see all the flaws and how dated it is and stuff, but yeah, as a movie in and of itself and as a, a, a concept and a core idea of when it came out, it was phenomenal. Well, stylistically, stylistically, yeah, it, it's it's set apart. But I would argue that if you read comics, mm-hmm. 
when a new writer comes aboard for a new story arc or when um new artists come aboard for you know a run yeah. like the style changes and oh, the costumes change and absolutely. so i think it's okay to to do stuff like that i do i i do but i mean like it's, it's sometimes i mean even like in, in its own contained series in, even in the uh even like when, when tim burton when they went on to the second batman they redesigned the batman suit and it was so obviously just to have a new batman suit oh know? yeah well i'm sure you know? there's a part of that is like marketing and and totally you know and it's just like just like in like in the joel schumacher ones where he has to have like three different suits yeah you know in it you know i mean that's a whole other thing but I mean, I bought those action figures too. I liked having deep sea diving Batman. And I Batman with the really? extendo wings and if they pissed me off so much when even jungle when, camo. When Batman. I was a kid, it pissed me off because I was just like, "This is not a thing." I I did not. I even then I did not buy into it. I was just like, "This is not a Batman costume." Like you're just why are you doing this? Just to make me buy another Batman action figure? I mean, I knew it wasn't, but yeah, I just wanted. I liked having the accessories. If you put a respirator on any, literally any action figure, I'm buying it. I had a Jurassic Park. <laughs> Dennis Nedry, of all people, uh, the hacker character yeah. from Jurassic Park, he had a respirator because he came with like a, it was like a- Is he had sleep apnea? What? No, it was like his his costume for his action figure was like, um, like dino repellent Dennis Nedry. And he came with like a, like a water gun that like you could hose down the dinosaurs or something. And he had a respirator and then his arms came off. Like both of his arms came off. Was that a feature or they just, was it no, that was, yeah, that was part of the, all of the figures had sort of like battle damage. Oh, okay. And so like, yeah, his deal was both of his arms. I remember like, yeah, the, like the, uh, the dinosaurs themselves. Yeah. Those had like the stub, like the piece of their flesh would come off. Yeah. And you could see the ribs and the muscle. Yeah. 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 Totally. I didn't get any of the action figures when I was a kid, but I remember looking at them in the toy store. Yeah. My grandparents were pretty sharp in that regard where they would get me stuff from franchises they didn't necessarily know i was into but Uh they would just sort of guess right yeah and so for that reason i had an ellen grant action figure uh, that came with like a dino net catapult and then dennis nedry um with the removable arms my grandparents were always buying me like disney shit (laughs) and they'd be like they're like when i saw this it's a screamed Elliot. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm 18, but cool. You like, did but, look like a Disney character as a child. Though. That's true. You I mean, the, yeah. But I looked like one of the features. Yeah. But I looked like one of the bad kids, you know, that like who, who <laughs> didn't, who had to be taught a lesson, you know? Yeah. With the dirt smudged on their face. And yeah. Like a skull on their t-shirt. Yeah. Who just like, you know, the, the kids uh, like stealing the lunch money and stuff. <laughs> well, speaking of childhoods. Yes, sir. Uh, well, we're back, guys. It's been a long hiatus. The Trash Sheep has returned. It's our first episode of 2018. I know you guys might be surprised to hear this, but we actually don't get paid to do this uh, show, so we have regular jobs. There's no money in podcasting. Zero. No one pays a Anyone. couple of goofballs to talk about no. things they like, especially movies. Although sometimes I wonder, like, some podcasts like, why is this guy getting paid? Uh, usually because they are already a some kind of a talent, like yes. comedy or acting. That or... makes sense. But a couple times I'm like, you you got famous doing this, and this isn't very good. I don't know. I don't want to talk trash on other podcasts because ours is bad. <laughs> <laughs> we actually had a revelation recently that the real garbage has been us. Yeah, it was us all, all along. along. Like we've been talking about all these other aspects of trash and how we love trash and. Really, we were just trying to some form of self-preservation. Yeah, there are no garbage movies, only garbage people. And we are those garbage people. And there's a good, good, good chance that you're garbage too. So yeah, and that's why if you're listening to the show, it's a ninety-five percent chance. Yeah, you were probably drawn to us for that reason. So so we're back. Welcome. Uh, um, it's me, Elliot, and Keith. Hey hey, together again. Uh, today our show is going to be. What are we talking about today, Keith? We're talking about Stranger Things, the most popular TV show on the planet, but mm-hmm. uh, we're not going to talk about the show directly, uh, what you should be watching while Stranger Things is on hiatus. Yeah, we, we've seen a lot of lists, you know, like, or things just on the internet where people are like, if you like Stranger Things, you should watch these movies, and it's all stuff like 
Poltergeist and Ghostbusters. Yeah, one hundred percent. How many times are you going to watch Ghostbusters? It's all the it's all the movies you've already seen. Like these are the movies that influenced it. So we're going to go the Goonies. The Goonies. Yeah, yeah, we've seen it. Stand by me. It's good. Thanks. So this is going to be some deeper cuts, some movies that maybe were influential to it that you haven't seen, or maybe movies that maybe even the creators may have missed too. But uh, or even stuff they may have ripped off and you didn't off. notice. And uh, but it's just something that you, it's not so much maybe less of an influence, but more like if you enjoyed this Stranger Things, you might enjoy these random movies. Yeah, if over you here. if you whatever subscri- uh, streaming service you subscribe to, whether it's Netflix or uh, Hulu or even Crackle. They usually have uh, some kind of suggestion like, you watch this, so maybe you'll like this. Or mm-hmm. customers who watch this also viewed this. That's basically what we're doing. Yeah. That way you don't have to navigate through the menu of your streaming right. service. You can just listen to us instead. But instead of a computer algorithm telling you, making these decisions for you, we're going to give you real suggestions because we've actually watched these movies. That was your pro wrestling name, right? Algorithm. Yeah. The math math teacher yeah. who beats people up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So do you want to kick it off or should I? Oh, wait. Should we wait? Uh, it's been a little so long I forgot things. Do we want to do a knee-jerk reactions? Here's a knee-jerk reaction. Uh, the Death Wish remake looks like shit. Oh, my God. It looks so fucking bad. I, I can't even like begin to start with what's wrong with that but I'll, I'll probably end up seeing it but i'll definitely see it i'm probably not theatrically why but. why 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 on why? every level why have you seen this trailer i mean not you keith i'm just talking about you the the four people listening to this <laughs> i hope they have because man it's it's so bad it's kind of hard it's almost like you know, like on Saturday Night Live, where they have like the not not the part that's actually live, but they'll have like the it'll be like the fake commercial in between their regular skits for like a fake movie or something. Yeah. It is like that. It's like it is the joke spoof. Yeah, of, it doesn't seem real. Right. It's like if you loved the first Death Wish, you're gonna love Death Wish, Daddy's Home or something. <laughs> you know, where it's like the Charles Bronson actually, is, now runs a daycare. It would have been more appropriate with like. Um, Ice Cube, yes. or um, the way this is played out, it should this should just John be John Travolta. This should just or... the way this movie looks in the trailer. It should just be a straight spoof where he runs a daycare and also kills people at night. Yeah, he seems. That's the weird part is the tonally. It's like he doesn't seem too preoccupied with the murder of his family. He's more excited about uh, wisecracking and. You know, cruising around the street, making use, you're making euphemisms for like guns and his penis, yeah, in front of underage girls and yeah. stuff. I mean, I'm not necessarily going to go back and and praise the original Death Wish movies as some kind of like pinnacle of filmmaking, but uh, you could. Well, I didn't mean like I don't mean like I mean they're a pro- definitely a product of their time, and uh, they have some interesting merits to debate, but. I don't know. I'm not sure what Eli Roth is up to with this remake, but I have a feeling that this might be one of those situations where the marketing is presenting it in one way and the final product is might maybe might shift to something else. Maybe I, I, I could see I could see it being different than the trailer, but there are still certain things. There's certain scenes in that trailer that if if this scene is in your movie, yeah, then your movie is not going to be good. Yeah. You know, and it's like, even if the rest of the movie is, is solid, this scene is so bad that was in the trailer, it would bring down the movie significantly. Definitely. So luckily we'll always have, if you really want to see a good Death Wish remake, check out uh, James Wan's Death Sentence. Uh, yeah, it's not bad. That's a great sort of. I wouldn't call it great, but. Revenge film. I think it's great. I think it really yeah. hits some, hits some high notes. And also gives some good commentary on the nature of revenge versus yes, I'll agree with being that. kind of a gratuitous, you know, violent action movie. Sure. It has some redeeming qualities. And sure. Kevin Bacon's pretty good at it. I like Kevin Bacon. I got one. It's a summer of 84. Oh, no. I don't know. You hated this trailer, right? Talking about the 80s. It is another throwback 80s movie, but... That movie is actually should be on our list of... 
uh, shit to watch while you're waiting for another season of Stranger Things. Well, yeah, but we just have to wait for that movie to come out. Right. So, I mean, who knows what's going to happen. Uh, it is from the directing team. It's like three directors who made uh, that movie, Turbo Kid. Oh, well. Which was another like throwbacky type movie, um, which I enjoyed. It wasn't perfect, but I th- thought it was very enjoyable. Um, and this one's about a bunch of kids in the 80s, in the summer of 84, who think someone in their neighborhood is a serial killer. So it's a very, like, recycled... But not one of their fellow kids. No. I think that would have been way more well, interesting. Well, what, wait, what if that's the twist? We don't know. They think it's an adult, but it maybe ends up being a kid. Right, so usually in these movies, and a lot of the movies we're going to talk about are this way, where kids stick together because you can't trust adults. Right. At the end of the day, like, it's your friends that you can trust and older people, for whatever reason, are compromised and you can't rely on them for anything. And so I think it would have been more interesting to see, you haven't even talked about the plot of the movie yet, but well, I'm, 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 it, I'm, it would have been interesting synopsis. to see kids betrayed by one of their own. But that could be what happens. We don't really know. The, the, the trailer doesn't really go into that. It's just they, they think, what we know is that there's a serial killer loose in the town and this group of kids are trying to solve the crime and they have suspects you know like oh i think it's the gym teacher i think it's the police chief uh, jones we don't know but they never there's no clear direction of who the killer is in the trailer so right. you, what you're describing could very well be the plot premise it's missing but kids are going missing in the neighborhood right yeah yeah so that could be yeah that could be what's happening could be but so it's you, probably not well i guess you'll just have to wait and see summer of 84 all right I, i'm looking forward to it i think it looks enjoyable watch the trailer uh but us. then and i imagine the end of the movie is just gonna be well we solved that crime we'll never forget that summer of 84 after that we all grew up and got older and drifted apart went on to college had families but we'll never forget that Summer of 84. But then maybe that's what they did, but they come back for the sequel. Or what if it's being told from the perspective of the killer, and the killer's like, oh, that was a great summer <laughs> of 84. Where I, where I killed all those children <laughs> that were trying to catch me? Yeah, those kids, they chased me all around that summer, but I got them. I also, got every single one. No one ever caught me. Also, I would be totally okay with that. So we'll just, have, we'll just have to wait and see how this movie plays out. Yeah, It's got me interested, though. So that's my knee-jerk reaction. Well, you're also a sucker for groups of kids running around. Oh, 100%. 100%. I love that premise. Because if you can tell me a better group of people to solve a murder than children on BMX bikes, I'd like to hear it. Yeah, as long as the the murder investigation is confined to the suburbs, kids are ideal to be yeah. solving it. Because everyone else is too busy like doing laundry and cooking dinner and buying toilet paper for... Your stupid poopy kids mm-hmm. who keep using the toilet over and over again mm-hmm. and don't know how to flush properly and jam up the plumbing and then you got to call a guy and then you can't get them for two and a half weeks and you're trying to deal with a newborn baby and the boss is breathing down your neck but oh, oh the kids have enough time to back up the toilet right. and ride their bicycles around well, the neighborhood solving crimes that's why it's summer of 84 if it was like winter of 84 they would have science projects they have to work on one of them would be on what sport do you play in the wintertime uh, football one ice them, hockey ice hockey one of them they'd be yeah this is a canadian movie so they'd be all about the ice hockey yeah. uh there would be they'd have literally no time to solve any murders but in the summertime like what else is a kid gonna do kids have all the time in the world there we go all right well let's move on to our main main subject of the show so uh you want to kick it off? Stranger Things is obviously a show born out of nostalgia and affinity for the 1980s. Mm-hmm. And I think quite a few of these uh, movies we're recommending are from the from 80s. the 80s. Yeah. And while it is it is born out of nostalgia, what I think one of the reasons why the show is successful is even though that there's a the lot that the influences are kind of obvious at a lot of times, it doesn't do a lot of like winking at them. You know what I mean? It doesn't harp on the fact that it you know does that make sense i don't know the first season seemed like it was uh shaking its 1980 stick right in my face no i mean it's very it's very it's very obvious but it's not like uh they don't ever like they don't ham it up that much about about it that it being 
this old school, these old school references, you know, so there's no, no they never look into the camera and be like, huh, get it. It's, it's happened. It's happened in the 80s. You, you, you remember that, right? Maybe, maybe you, you might have been there, you know, I was barely there. You were there, but you were. Yeah, bit. yeah, I was definitely there. Or whoever they might be talking to. It's just like, I think that's one of the successes of the show. But we're going, we're going straight to the source. Yeah, this is the stuff you should be watching instead of, you know, crying in the corner and bemoaning your pathetic life without Stranger Things. Yeah. So there's definitely some great material out there that uh, you can enjoy while you wait. So, let's see. My first pick is a movie called uh, The Wraith. The Wraith? Race. This, this movie came out in like 84, 85, yeah. somewhere around 86, maybe. Uh, now, explain to me how an avenging car from beyond the grave uh, fills the gap of Stranger well, Things. Here's, this is going to be good. Here's, 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 how, here's why. First off, we're never exactly sure what. So, the plumber said of this movie is Charlie Sheen is dead, comes back as is a human who can morph into a car. Or something, and runs over the bullies that killed him off the. He runs him off the road, and he also appears to be a ghost from outer space. Not like he descended from the heavens, but like a, a actu- type of space ghost. A type of space ghost for sure. It's never really explained. The main reason why I'm picking this this particular one is because there are uh, Stranger Things. The second season of Stranger Things got got the two main criticisms. There were two main criticisms that I heard a lot about it, and it was both about episode seven, about how episode seven, which is the one where Eleven runs off and meets up with her. Oh yeah, all the the little punks, the you know yeah. the gang, about how it upset the pace, and also be how the the group of uh of I don't what misfits, are they? misfits. Yeah. the group of misfits, <laughs> just seemed so wild and wacky and out of place. And the argument I'm going to make is while we talk about how this show is such a nostalgic love letter to the eighties and yeah. you know and all this stuff. One of the biggest tropes of eighties movies were ridiculous gangs that didn't make sense. Oh yeah. You know, where it was like, there's the punk, there's the disco kid, there's the kid on roller skates, there's the 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 Black Panther, there's yeah. the you know, all these like this group of people who would never come together, but now they're a gang together in this fictional movie gang yeah and uh that happened all the time in the 80s and i think the wraith has one of the best examples of that where it's just the most bizarre gang where clint howard's in the bully gang and he's his hair is incredible he has a racer head hair uh uh nick uh not nick cassavetes is yeah is it nick which one's the, the father and son john's the father nick cassavetes is the leader of the the gang and he's just like a leather bound just like biker dude and then there's like a punk and then there's like a random jock hanging yeah, out with them too the jacket. yeah just like this the, like the ultimate group of of bullies that do not yeah. or gangs that don't hang out together so that is my main reason for picking uh the wraith as one of my my suggestions it's also just it's a ridiculous movie that's a lot of fun it is a lot of fun but it stars Charlie Sheen. It does so it's star got Sheen. that. It's it's star, it stars Charlie Sheen, but most of the movie he's wearing a face mask, like a motorcycle helmet. Yeah, or inside of a car. So you don't even see him. I wonder how many scenes he was actually in. Probably. Like how many was like. Only yeah, the ones where they showed his, his face. face. Totally. Like there's no way he was the guy in the. What a dick. In the, in the suit, because those are mostly stunt scenes anyway. Man, if I was in a movie, I'd be like, yo, put me in the helmet, put me in the car. Also, another crazy thing about this movie is, so he, he's a ghost who comes back to avenge his murder. Yes. and it's no like one the crow. Right. But if the crow turned into a car. Right. And no one recognizes him because he looks different. Yes. The, the explanation at the end is not like, I disguised myself so you wouldn't know. He goes like, this is as close to my natural, my original form as I could come back as. Who's making up these rules? Exactly. That's the point. It's like, wouldn't it have just made more sense if at the end of the movie, his face changed? How back? did he get the car? He is the car. Right. Because remember, at one point, they open up the hood of the car, and it's like a magic it's engine. It's just a giant Charlie like, Sheen head. It's, like, it's, a glo- it's, a glow- it's a glowing orb with Charlie Sheen's face. No, what is it? What is so it? So the, the rules of this are so strange, because... So if he can tr- come back and transform into a car, why is he limited in his appearance? That's what I'm saying. It doesn't make any sense because they have the flashbacks of the guy of him getting murdered and it's right. a different guy. 
why wouldn't they just make the explanation like like at the end of the movie he like his face magically changes back to the kid from the flashbacks and and then he goes like hey i was disguising myself so they wouldn't know it was me (laughs) so that's how i was able to kill all of them without them getting scared about like oh shit this guy's a ghost (laughs) and just running out of town that would have been a much simpler explanation that made a lot more sense. He's like, he's like, no, I, I could only, when you come back as a wraith, you can only look something similar to your former self. I feel like Charlie Sheen improvised that and was like, no, no, the script is garbage. Let me bring something to the table here. That's true. He started, he got to his point in his acting uh, career, at least like in his own head, mm-hmm. that he was like, I'm going to start really like diving into this shit. Yeah. It's funny to think about, though, now that you, you're you explaining this, it's almost like the creator of The Crow had someone explaining this movie to him, mm-hmm. and he misheard the title. Like, they mumbled, and they were like, oh, yeah, uh, you know, the, a man comes back as a ghost and gets revenge, and wh- what's, what's the name of that movie? Oh, The Crow? Yeah. What, what was that? Yeah. The Crow? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, the Crow. That sounds good. Yeah. Pretty much. So, that, that would be my, my first pick. That's a pretty cool choice. Um, plus, the uh, whoa, whoa, who's that goofberry in uh, Stranger Things? Carries around the bat with the nails in it. And the Steve. Members only jacket. Yeah. yeah. There's, I think there's a lot of parallels between 1980s Charlie Sheen and, uh, that and Steve. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, who I found pretty unlikable um, right up until uh, him and Dustin are walking the train tracks uh, dropping chum. Oh, it's great. That was probably when I finally turned a corner on mm-hmm. Steve. So, well, his, his whole arc from the beginning of the first season, where he's like a douchebag, you know, he was such a heel. Like he was the, yeah. like the villain, yeah, more so than these like evil, yeah, yeah, creatures from another universe. And he's like he's a, he's had that most significant arc that also doesn't feel it doesn't really feel forced. It kind of just feels like natural. Where he's like, I'm tired of being a jerk type of thing yeah he's really growing up and maturing mm-hmm. meanwhile like all the younger kids are regressing and turning yeah. into brats and mm-hmm. i hate this show so much <laughs> not really what's your pick Keith? Your uh, first pick. well man there's so many great movies from this period and gee whiz weren't the 80s awesome sure were <laughs> they were um but i chose to bring up a movie uh that's all about kids Banding together against an evil force. Uh, and, uh, you know, adults aren't going to help. No. Adults are useless. Only kids know, real kids know, how to uh, banish the evil for good. And so that's why I chose uh, 1987's The Gate, starring Stephen Dwarf. Not Stephen Dwarf. <laughs> Stephen Dwarf. Stephen Dwarf. Wow. <laughs> With apologies to dwarves and Stephen Dwarf. Uh, this is a great movie. Yeah, the gate's incredible. So basically, Stephen Dorff finds a uh, a meteor in his backyard, uh, cracks it open, bleeds on it, and that opens a passage to hell. Mm-hmm. And that's basically the plot. Pretty much, and yeah. Th- the rest of the movie is Stephen Dorff and his his little friends, uh, like his best friend who's a nerd with glasses. But who also loves like black metal, heavy metal music. Yes, he's... He's actually like the template for like what a modern adult nerd is. Absolutely. 100%. It's why I don't think anyone could have seen that coming, but yeah, yeah he like he checks all of the boxes as mm-hmm. far as like someone who's, you know, in their late 20s or early 30s. What I love about this movie is um this movie is filled with all the things that you normally just see in like spoof type things like in in like in Simpsons Treehouse of Horror episodes that you never actually see that often in real movies. So you just always see the spoof versions, like playing a heavy metal record backwards and raising the yes. dead. And that's that's the funny part is the hole is already open in the backyard, right? But when they play the they they like they get. Like the gateway's open, but the music is like they're like the demons hear the music. And they're like, right? Ah. They're like speculating about what would really set this shit off and yeah. like get things going. Because obviously, bored kids want to see demons pouring out of a hole in the yard yeah. because they're stupid. But they they play the record backward and they throw a sacrifice into the hole. Yeah, and then that's what causes the demons to start yeah. crawling. And then out. there's there's all these yeah there's that there's a seance there's all these things that are like 
yeah. spoofed in like kids in trouble Halloween type things. Oh yeah. But these ones are all played straight. It has every single one and it totally works. Yeah, there's tons of gross and weird visual gags like an eyeball appearing in the palm of someone's hand, mm-hmm. which is probably the scariest thing I can think of. It's not. It's not pleasant. Imagine opening your hand and looking at it, and there's an eyeball staring right at you. Mm-hmm. Whose eyeball is that? Unless you're unless you are somehow simultaneously looking at that and your own face. Yeah, if you can see your own face. I mean, it's still scary, but at least at least you know that you're the one. It's your eyeball. Yeah, it's a superpower at that point. Right. You just have to worry about getting dirt in it. Right. But. Yeah, if you can't see out of it, then that's that's fucked terrifying. Up. And then by the end, it's you know the kids are are just struggling to survive against these evil forces. They can't trust their parents. Mm-mm. They can't trust anybody. And during the climax, Stephen Dorff is alone trying to handle this shit. He gets blown up and like knocked like a hundred feet like across his yard. Yeah, it's incredible. And then by the end, um. You know, they've all done the right thing and managed to uh, to seal the gate. Yeah. Somehow. I think. Maybe. Maybe. And also, I think one thing I would bring up is just how impressive the the demon effects are for this movie. For the time that it came out and also the fact that this was not a high budget movie. No, not at all. And the, and the, the stop motion demons are top notch. There's probably no moment more 80s than the very end where they've just gone through the battle of their life with the forces of hell, this tiny group of kids, and their biggest worry at the end is how to explain their blown-up house to their parents. Yeah. Oh, totally. What's yeah. mom and dad going to say? 100%. We're grounded. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. You can't tell them that it was demons that did it, so you have to make up some excuse. That's right. It's fucking brilliant. Yeah. So if you're into kids versus demons... Uh, definitely check out The Gate. So my second pick is a movie called The Manhattan Project. It's another movie from the 80s. It doesn't really have a supernatural bent. I mean, doesn't at all. Uh, but it has a lot of other things that kind of tie in thematically. Just like kids doing f- dangerous things. And yeah, it falls into that category of kids that are too smart for their own good. Totally, yeah. And go off half-cocked and get mixed up with like a government agency. And, yes. And, you know, the stakes are high and... Uh, they've got to get out. Yeah. So the pr- the basic premise of this movie is this is about one of those like uh those like cool nerds that were in the a lot of movies in the eighties. Oh yeah, they're super smart and super nerdy, but they also happen to have great hair and really cute girlfriends. Uh, and the whitest sneakers I've ever seen. So white. how did they keep their sneakers so white? I never could. It's that it's that like that shoe polish. Not like not like not the kind of sneaker polish. That's what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about? Sneaker polish? I have no idea what you're thing. talking about. <laughs> cool kids had it. Uh, anyway, it's about this kid. His mom is dating John Lithgow, who the kid figured out works for some like some secret government facility in the town. That imagine dating John Lithgow. Dude, that's and that's just that's just the movie, right? 80s there. Lithgow when he still had plenty of hair. Oh yeah, God damn. Uh, he figures out that the the guy is like a weird nuclear test guy and they're, they're doing he's a rocket scientist yes they're doing some bizarre <laughs> nuclear testing at this facility so the kid breaks into it and uh steals some plutonium or some bullshit and builds a nuclear bomb not because he wants to do anything wrong with it he just thinks it would be fun yeah he just thinks plutonium's neat as and, we as we all do. Uh, yeah and then the uh the ramifications of building a nuclear bomb in your basement unfold and that becomes somehow he the doesn't movie. he doesn't poison the water system he doesn't kill his family no he's very res- and his hair doesn't fall out i mean as responsible as you can be as a teenager building a nuclear bomb in your basement he is that responsible yeah for that action you know the most responsible thing you could do is just not build the nuclear bomb but if you're going to do it he shows uh, the, the the safe way the best way to do it i feel like this is a recurring theme of the 80s or kids were intelligent resourceful and headstrong in regards to their interests right like they still couldn't do their chores they couldn't come to dinner on time they leave their bikes in the yard but if they were passionate about something they really pulled it all together 100 percent. so i don't really have a ton to say about this one other than it's it's a delightful film and i think you should watch it i've never seen it i will probably never check it out though it's okay there's no mutants, there's no monsters, there's, there's no slime. Uh, there are some mutant plants. 
Yeah, there's some five leaf clovers. Yes, which is not enough to get me to watch this movie. Some of the plutonium looks like slime. <laughs> I mean, crystallized slime. Maybe there is a mutant at the end. I just don't want to spoil it for you. Isn't John Lithgow kind of a mutant? I mean, no human is that handsome and creepy at the same time. It's crazy how much he looks like Harry from Harry and the Hendersons. Like, yeah, Lithgow looks more like either the son or father of Bigfoot than he does of his family in that movie. Yeah, so I would say this, and that's a direct result from all this plutonium research he's been doing. Oh, that's classic. There you go. This is a shared universe with Harry and the Hendersons. I hope so. What if that was his cover after this movie? He just is like, I need to go into the, you know, witness protection program, uh, pair me with this loser family i'll move to the northwest no one will ever find me until he gets mixed up with bigfoot and then all of a sudden the spotlight is back on him and then by the end of harry and the hendersons uh he's got government agents tailing him trying to shut him up it's full circle man that's awesome i love movies Mm -hmm. they're all connected (laughs) see (laughs) what's your next pick um well my next uh recommendation falls into uh if you like the relationship of uh 11 with the group of boys from stranger things you'll probably like wes craven's deadly friend oh no (laughs) i will say you probably won't like it everyone loves deadly friend this is a classic um in the 1980s wes craven was hot off of making a nightmare on elm street and so uh, he got tasked with the story of a girl who is stuck with her abusive father, but moves into a neighborhood and meets a nice boy. Uh, not too long after, uh, his abusing gets out of hand and throws her down the stairs. So the name of the nice girl is uh, Samantha, and after she gets thrown down the stairs, she's basically dead. Um, so the boy in all his infinite wisdom, decides to put a computer chip inside her, uh, which is what any of us would do when faced with uh, the untimely death of one of our friends. You know, it's been a while since I've seen this movie. Does anyone question the fact that she's brought back to life? Because I don't recall that ever happening. They're happy to have her back, but I think everyone notices that she's behaving a little bit strange. Yeah, but they're not like, hey... You were dead, and now you're not dead? No, no one no one knows about the secret death. Oh, that's because, yeah, she throws another stairs, and she, the boy just sees or something, like, yeah. through the window. It's a big It's secret. not. There's no funeral or anything. Then she there. comes back, and even though she looks dead and acts dead and mm-hmm. seems dead, yeah, no one ever really bats an eyelash, other than thinking, well, she's acting kind of funny. Now, correct me, because I might just, like I said, it's been a long time, but doesn't at the end of the movie... Doesn't her, like, skin fall off, and now she's just a complete robot underneath, right? Yes. She just transforms into a robot. And the, But he, he only put a computer chip in her, like, brain or something, right? Listen, no one really understands the nature of robotics and the melding with organic matter. So if you put a microchip into an organic life form and left it there for... Um, undisclosed amount of time who knows what could possibly happen fair enough i think those kind of experiments are illegal currently so we'll never know until someone tries well i mean illegal doesn't necessarily (laughs) stop a lot of people from doing a lot of things you know it's true but this this movie really embodies the idea of this is our friend and she's crazy because it's it's roughly two hours of this girl running around getting revenge on all the people that wronged her when she was alive. This movie also really embodies the idea of being bad. What do you mean by that? I mean, the movie's not good. (laughs) I mean, it's a bad movie. (laughs) It's not enjoyable. I don't know. I'll, I'll probably watch it again. I mean... Honestly, the genre, the subgenre rather of uh, dead kids being turned into robots by their friends is um, there's not a lot of there's not a lot to pick from. Exactly, it's just ripe for 
uh, storytelling. Well, so, I mean, they're, they're just trying to lay the groundwork here. If you guys got any ideas for this, you want to send us your pitch for friends who turn their dead friends into robots. We'd love to hear them. We have an uh, excess amount of money that we've been trying to look for a project to invest into. So send it our way. I have nothing but money to invest in terrible movies. Perfect. This I just realized, though, this is probably ripe for a Disney Channel remake. Like, get some modern child stars and uh, uh, maybe dial back the gore a little bit, and this could be a real hit. Wouldn't that just be like the computer war tennis shoes, which has already been made by Disney twice? Basically. Tight. <laughs> All right, so what have you got? Uh... My next pick is a movie uh, called My Science Project. It's another 80s flick. Uh, surprise, surprise. Uh, it is from the screenwriter of a very popular 80s movie called The Last Starfighter. And he wrote and directed this one. And it stars the hero from Christine. I'm, I can't remember what that dude's name is. But not the kid who has the car, but the kid <laughs> who's like, man, man, I think that car is really a bad influence on you. Thanks for taking the time to research. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and he plays a kid that is like uh shit i have a science project due tomorrow if i don't pass this class i'm gonna have to repeat the 10th grade or whatever so he does what any reasonable kid does he breaks into a government uh secret base like an area 51 types base steals a engine from a ufo and turns uh, decides that's going to be his science project. But what he doesn't realize is he unleashed the force of time travel as well as other zany... Um, magnetism, magnetism, gravity. Yeah, it's a lot of shit. I mean, it's got uh, Dennis, Hopfer, Dennis Hopper essentially playing what would happen is if a uh, coked-out Dennis Hopper was your science teacher. He has so much hair. He has a lot of hair. Uh, and this is just a delightful movie. It kind of plays into what you had said earlier about like the at the end of the gate, like how are we going to explain this to mom and dad? Yeah, it's definitely whole, full of hijinks and the mayhem. The whole movie is just like, well, we're, we just created one problem after the other for us. We got to fix it somehow. Yeah, just kids flailing their arms and going, whoa, yeah. what do we do? Yeah. It's also uh, co-stars Fisher Stevens. Yeah, Fisher Stevens. And this is a movie in the 80s where he doesn't pretend to be East Indian. Wow. So the, like uh, like you did in the short circuit movies. So it's got that going for it, but yeah. it, it doesn't have the the overt racism. Perfect. So yeah, that would be my next pick. How how accurate is the science? Do you think? I say it would be like ninety nine to one hundred percent. Excellent. I would I would imagine that the creative liberties are very slim. I everything I've looked about this movie backs up and checks out. That's great because I think uh, scientific accuracy is really important to viewers these days. So we don't want to give them any picks that they might deem, uh, you know, unworthy. No, or, they don't want. Yeah, they don't want to see anything that doesn't hold up and you know and pass the test of. Yeah, we don't want anything that Neil deGrasse Tyson can shred to bits with his. The one thing that one, this show is not going to end up on MythBusters, mm -hmm. and if it does, it's going to pass with flying colors. Yeah, it'll it'll probably con confound the entire crew. They'll just be like, wow, can't see any holes in this one. Yep. So I stand by it. Do you have a, what is that, number three? That's number three. Do you have a third pick, Keith? No. That's it? No third no, pick? No, kidding. Uh, yes. My next recommendation is 1989's Little Monsters. Oh, yeah. Little Monsters is uh, an... Uh, Starring vehicle for comedian Howie Mandel, also Fred Savage and that kid from Boy Meets World, and Kevin's older brother from Home Alone, Buzz. Oh, yeah. Obviously not his real name. But yeah, that's probably his real name. <laughs> that was a popular name in the 80s. But Little Monsters is about um, uh, two brothers whose family is on the verge of breaking up. The parents are about to get divorced, and... Um, with impeccable timing, a monster from under the bed shows up to cause some mayhem and also teach everyone the meaning of friendship. That's beautiful. It's incredible. But this is a movie where the adults are so busy being self-absorbed and, uh, you know, engaging in their adult garbage that they don't notice what's going on with their kids. Uh, the fact that they're disappearing under the bed every night to go mm -hmm. party with a monster in Monsterland. You know, play games and engage in pranks and just basically screw around. 
This movie is one of the scariest kids' movies ever made. Absolutely terrifying. Because this movie is the embodiment of a real life those real life scenarios where you're like, this adult who's talking to me when you're a kid is a, is a little too nice and likes the things that I like a little too much. Are you referring to the villain of the movie? Whenever they're in Monsterland, I f- I feel like something like it's it's fun, it's exciting, but something very unsavory is happening. Yeah. Right beneath the surface, you know, surface, you know, hmm. you know, where it's just like there's something like your parents. Like if your parents were aware that you're going to Monsterland, it wouldn't be because there was the monster, and they wouldn't want you to go because of the monsters. They just look around and be like, ah, something doesn't feel right about this to me. Well, I mean the the ruler of Monsterland is named Boy. Yeah, That's just, his his name is Boy, mm-hmm. and he is visibly a monster with human skin stretched over his monster. Face. Oh yes. And I believe he's wearing a bow tie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's sinister all around. And all he wants to do is for kids to come down to Monsterland and play with him. Yeah. Uh, he 100% cut the face off of a child and yeah. stapled it to his own face. Actually, I think the scariest part of the that character is the idea that this could be a kid that got trapped under the bed and never made it out. Yeah, 100%. And he created Monster World and recruited other kids to be monsters. And, um, you know, somewhere his family is probably still looking for him. It's like a horrifying Peter Pan. Yeah, it's really dark, actually. Um, But uh, the kids spend a lot of time down in Monster World having a great time. And uh, eventually they make it out um, in what is actually a really heart-wrenching scene near the end. Because if you're a kid and you stay in Monster World too long, uh, you'll become a monster and you won't be able to get out. Yeah. And so eventually uh, Fred Savage, his brother, and uh, this girl from his class, they have to get out of Monsterland and um, never return. And it's this almost like a coming of age kind of moment where they're saying goodbye and Howie Mandel, also known as Maurice the monster... Mm -hmm gives him his leather vest as sort of a parting gift. And they shake hands one last time and end up crawling out underneath a uh, beach towel in, I think, California. Something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, yeah it's, so, so it's the symbolic of saying goodbye to your childhood. and Yeah, definitely. You, you know, know. That, that not too long after this, they probably didn't see each other again, and despite being best friends for a very short time. And, uh, you know, he probably grew up and became a cop or something shitty like that and mm-hmm. um oh, he hunts monsters probably doesn't tell any stories yeah he probably grew up to be mister from Stakeland. 100 percent, 100 percent. and he had to kill his little brother and probably the girl that he had a crush on and life is pain yeah but yeah, yeah little monsters it's a, it's a good time if Would you recommend. ever fantasized as a kid about hanging around monsters and pulling pranks and screwing around and I know I did. Avoiding homework and yelling at your parents for getting a divorce. This is the movie for you. 100%. Totally. Well, I so let's see. I have two honorable mentions before. Wait. Hold on Did you have any other specific movie you wanted to talk about? Oh, no. That's it. There are okay. no other good movies from the 80s okay. to watch anyway. So we'll just this, forget about we'll it. We'll edit this part out. I was originally thought about talking about it at length, but then I realized I had talked about this. On our underrated horror uh, episode from Halloween episode from a year or so back. And that's A Christmas Tale. It's a Spanish movie. Not going to go into the details here. <laughs> you can watch it. You can re- you can hear about it on our other episode, the horror countdown, underrated horror countdown. Yeah, one, just... one question about that. Does a kid fall in a pit or does a witch fall in a pit? A woman falls in a pit and then they think she's a zombie. Right. So yeah, so but it's mostly a one act play built around this pit. Uh no, because then they get the kid. The I gotta, you know, I just said I wasn't gonna explain the whole thing here. <laughs> there's it happens. There's a lot of things that happen in the movie. Starts in the pit, moves along. You can hear about it, and our if you go back and listen to our underrated horror countdown, or you can just go and watch the movie. The other one I'm going to mention is honorable mention is a movie that came out about a year ago called I Am Not a Serial Killer reason I'm not talking about it is because I think this movie is best if you go in cold and know as little about it as possible. It's got Christopher Lloyd in it. He's great. Um, that's all I'm going to say. 
great. I'm taking a vow of silence. It's an honorable mention. You're, but the the part you're not going to mention is why fans of Stranger Things would like it. Well, I if I like I said, if I talked too much about it, it would. I think it would give things away. I think it's best to go into this movie cold. Uh, the general per- one question. Yes. Are there kids in it? In I am not a serial killer. Yes. There are a couple kids in it. Perfect. So yes. if you like kids, there's a bicycle, and you like movies, it's perfect. Yes, awesome. I think at this point we've gained your trust. So just trust me. Go and watch the movie. It's on Netflix, I think. Check it out. Awesome. I'm gonna do it. All right. Now that I think about it, though, I do have one honorable mention, uh, and that is Three Ninjas. Get out of here. Okay. No, go ahead. Um, one thing that Stranger Things lacks is martial arts. That, uh, no, no one does any roundhouse kicks. No one does any punching combinations, or you know, like dunks a ninja into a toilet. So, all right, Duffer Brothers, if you're listening to this, you've missed something important. Yeah, more like the Blunder Brothers. <laughs> yeah, get some martial arts and Stranger Things, please, because Three Ninjas is. I mean, I mean what I, are they going to do? Are they going to go to the upside down again? No, let's get some zombie ninjas. Yeah, send them to Japan to fight ninjas. Oh my god. This show just got not this show just got great. Yeah. Not our show. Stranger Things. <laughs> Stranger Things in Stranger Tokyo. Things is so much better than it ever has been before. Even if it doesn't I mean they're, they're not going to do this. No one's listening to this. This is not their plan, but just the fact that we've mentioned this adds a whole other layer to what Stranger Things could be and for that we have enriched the series beyond measure yeah it feels great to contribute to the lore and the canon of such a widely beloved show we're like pillars of pop culture that's why you listen we're to in our the zeitgeist show. now that's why you listen to our show just because we added ninjas we've done it on that note i'm gonna sign off at least i guess that's it All until right. next time the dumpster is closed I guarantee that movie fucking sucks. I loved it, but I guarantee you it's fucking terrible. So Stranger Things, what about that fucking show?